Good morning, everybody. I'm glad to have you to join us at this time of worship. Uh, this morning is my turn to share the meditation with you. Uh, it is my prayer that the Lord will speak to us to His Word and to give us the encouragement of our, our lives and also the situation we are in today. Before we go into the prayer and the Word of God, just to kind of wish one another a blessed Lunar New Year and a blessed Chinese New Year in a way. And you realize that this year, the celebration is really on a very low key and there is not much traveling be given or enable us to do so. And we know the uh, authority has given us some guidelines on how to go about our celebration. That there will be a meeting with the loved ones, uh, not more than eight persons per session, and so on and so forth. Then recently I come across a slide that someone sent to me. You know, the Chinese New Year spelled at Chinese New Year, C-N-Y. And then the caption that follow is C-N-Y equal to celebrate next year. You get it? C-N-Y means celebrate next year. Oh, how sad. But anyway, we realize lives continue as we have this joy of the celebration in our midst. So let us pray before we continue. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment of meditation that you have given to us, that we can come to you as a family, as a church, as an individual as people you love, and we are also able to express our love to you. So we pray for this moment of meditation, that your word will be a great encouragement to us, that Lord, you will fill up with your presence, and will enable us to know you better and better over the times, the years to come. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. Right, this morning my meditation is entitled with What Matters? I guess the Lord has laid upon my heart to share something concerning uh, our perspective of life. How do we view life as life should us? What really matters? Is it because of our wealth? of our career, our family, or even our children, and even our business. So in terms of life perspective, there is a wide range for us to consider and to work on. But somehow the Lord had drawn me to this passage, to Psalm 73, verse 25 to 26, and let me read to you from the NIV version, which says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire 
besides you. Verse 26, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Uh, this is a wonderful text I realize the Lord has uh, given to us, to the scripture, uh, that we have so much to consider. And the most important thing is really to know Him. Uh, let, let me draw a simple illustration about our Chinese tradition here uh, over the Lunar New Year celebration. You know, we maintain a very strong Chinese tradition with us, uh, giving up, giving out ampao to our children. I'm sure they look forward to that. And again, our grandparents were taught us this is a way that we want to bless our next generation, especially with wealth. And so along the line of greetings, we have uh, all these beautiful phrases like uh, good prosperity, uh, good lifestyle or health, and even with longevity. I mean, may you be given long life. And I think this is the more desire that one will have, that we can have a long and a wonderful life that is given to us. Don't we? I guess we have this desire uh, all year round. But as I read the Bible and I notice, God himself also had this desire to be given to us that God in His sovereignty and work on humankind, He has offered this eternal life to us. And this is what we call the gift of salvation. And this is how I see our Christian faith continue to reveal to us this eternal hope in God, that that is eternal life in God and God alone. So we talk about longevity, uh, sad to say, thinking maybe on earth, but here God has extended it beyond love, earth, and it goes to heaven for us. And uh, interestingly, the Christian faith continues to kind of remind us that this life comes only through the Lord Jesus Christ, His only Son. In the text of 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, that's how the Bible verse will say, that whoever has a son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Uh, this is the so-called uh, condition that God has laid upon all humankind. That in order to have this eternal life, we need to have Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. In fact, Jesus himself, while he was on earth, or talking to the people by saying in John chapter 10, verse 10, He assured those who follow Him will have abundant life. And the abundant life here refers in abouncing the full of joy and strength for both the mind, body and soul. So it encompasses all that we think on earth, the abundant life together. And it's so meaningful to know that it carries meaningful of living, joyful and eternal. So we receive this eternal life or abundant life on earth 
is only through and in to Jesus Christ himself. And it is very clear the Bible tells us, in short, that abundant life is, in fact, eternal life to us. And the word abundant in the Greek uh, form, parison, will meaning exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure, and more. It is a quantity of abundancy uh, to be considerably uh, more than one would could expect or anticipate. So in short, Jesus promises us a life that is far better than we could ever imagine. A concept that Paul himself, the the Apostle Paul, has written in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, that no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, that no mind has conceived, that God has prepared for those who love Him. So it's beyond our imagination about this abundant life. In fact, in Ephesians 3, verse 20, Paul even writes that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, and He does it by His power, a power that is at work within us if we belong to Him. God can work far beyond that we can imagine. And so here we discover the Bible uh, teaches that in God we have eternal life. For God Himself is the source of life for us. Not only life, eternal, but everlasting life. So this morning our script text, scriptural text in Psalm 23, verse 25 to 26 remind us of a very special relationship the psalmist, the, uh, the person who writes the psalm here about his own personal testimony we got. As he writes here, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. So it's a very beautiful picture that expresses the eternal hope the psalmist has found in God. The home have I in heaven but you. And earth has nothing I desire beside you. And so you can see he doesn't uh, desire other than God himself in this life here on earth. So I'd like to share our first thought, a lesson here, is that there is an unbroken relationship with God. So folks, let's bear in mind our first lesson, a thought to reflect on the text here, is there is an unbroken relationship with God. With the psalmist has expressed well, whom have I in heaven? and earth has nothing I desire beside you. You see, the Sami is very convinced that God is ever with him, both in heaven and on earth. And he already captured this vision of God in his heart. In short, he knows God, and God knows him. You know, in our practical living, we... I encourage you to do evangelism, 
as a believer of Jesus a lot uh, to kind of share this relation with one another. And uh, sometimes I realize we have to ask a very awkward questions uh, to people that we like to share this relation that God has given with us. Uh, we go by questions like, what happens when you die? Do you go to heaven? Next question we follow up will be, do you want to go to heaven? Or, what is heaven to you? And so these are the kind, kind of uh, approach or approaches that we will bring across to our loved ones, our friends. And it is our prayer they were able to respond with a very receptive heart that they will consider something that is heavenly and God eternal. I believe this is how you can uh, discover in the Christian faith that we like to share with people about this eternal life, eternal hope that God has graciously opened to us. As the psalmist testified here, whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth, and nothing desire but you. And I pray that this will be our desire that we have this unbroken relationship with God today. So a question we have asked ourselves this morning is, do you have this assurance to be so convinced about heaven and earth that your desire that you have nothing else but God and God alone? And I pray you will. And uh, let me move to our second thought and lesson in mind. And I put it as facing the challenge of the weakening of the flesh. You see from the text we read in verse 26, and the psalmist acknowledges that my flesh and my heart may feel. My flesh and my heart may feel. Now, as I realize also in my own self, that whether we like it or not, each is catching up with us. And although very often we try to deny it or we try to look young, but in our practical living, we know our flesh is getting weaker over the years. And our heart may fail too. And we can experience the weakening of joints, our legs, our muscle, or even there will be a failure of the internal organs like our kidneys, our lungs, our hearts, our livers, and so on. So here the summary writes very clearly, my flesh and my heart may fail. And he is very honest about it. So I have to ask ourselves that do you realize and feel this challenge that we feel the same? <laughs> the challenge of weakening our flesh too. But I'd like to share with you this uh, loving testimony of this person by the name of Russell. 
Kelso Carter. And uh, for all you know, he's also the writer of the hymn that we used to sing, Standing on the Promises of God. Uh, Russell Kelso Carter, uh, born in the year 1849 and passed on in 1928. Uh, he was a star, a runner, athletic uh, in his time, an excellent student in academically uh, performance, and he went to be a very successful teacher and coach. So he was a very uh, dynamic person. Then he spent several years as a Methodist minister. Then after that, he went for medical school. And uh, the last profession he was in was a medical doctor. And coupled that he himself was a musician and a songwriter. Therefore, one of the hymns that he had written but this popular and famous hymn, Standing on the Promises. So it was said in his life story, that Carter was a profound Christian most of his life, but it wasn't until he faced a crisis in his life, where he experienced uh, his heart has failed him that at the age of 30, 30, it was said that he had a very critical condition of his heart. Uh, it was diagnosed that even at the point of death, or the print of death, and the doctor could not do much for him. But then Carter turned to God for help and healing. He will say that he knelt and uh, make a promise that healing or no healing, his life will finally and forever fully consecrated to the service of the Lord. So he made that promise that whether he receive a healing or not, but he will dedicate, consecrate, consecrate his life for the service of the Lord. And he will say that from that moment, the written word of God became alive for Carter. You know, he used to be a very, perhaps, uh, nominal believer or Christian. But after making that prayer, the word of God had, used the word, turned him on. Uh, he began to stand upon the promises of healing determined to believe that no matter what his physical condition was, no matter how he felt, he will pursue on to serve God. And it is said that over the course of several months, his strength returned to him. Although he he was facing the health situation, his heart completely healed. It was a miracle to him. And it was recorded that Carter, the songwriter of the same uh, promises of God, standing on the promises of God, lived for another 49 years of healthy life. 
Can you imagine that? And so I'm sure you and I are familiar with the hymn standing on the promises of God. And just to read to you one stanza of it, it says, standing on the promises that I cannot fail, Listen every, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Saviour's all in all, standing on the promises of God. It's a beautiful hymn. And that how Carter himself felt God has touched him and he had made that promise to serve God and he served well. And so, folks, this is how we see, although my flesh and my heart may feel, but not God, He could do something in our heart, in our life. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, the verse says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He, for God, who promised, is faithful. And we thank God for this promises that He given to all who believe Him. So it is say uh, that when uh, Carter was uh, doing the ministry, he cling on to the promises and faithfulness of God. And indeed, he continued to serve God. And uh, with that uh, life given back to him, he wrote this beautiful hymn, standing on the promises of God, and give God all the glory. So I believe, folks, if you really experience the touch of God in your life, don't forget to give God the glory. And I'm sure He will continue to honor your life and your faith. So here we learn. Even though our flesh and our heart may fail, the God will not. And you realize that the psalmist continue to rise. There is also the portion of our life. The second part of verse 26 will say, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And I like the way that the psalmist can testify in this area that God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And so I like to entitle the third point, the lesson I have in mind is having an everlasting possession. Having an everlasting possession. As the Sami writes, the God will give us His strength to continue our lives for Him. That God is the strength of my heart. And in fact, Paul recognizes that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Uh, I'm sure some of us, or even many of us, are familiar with the life of Paul the Apostle, how he have been faithfully serving God, even though he faces a lot of persecution, uh, crisis, or in a difficult situation. Through the grace of God, 
he survived. And he even recorded in 2 Timothy 4.7 that he had fought the good fight of faith, finished the race, and kept the faith. I believe this is how God's strength has been upon him all his life. And I believe, uh, beloved, that you can also have such strength for you in the work, in your life. Uh, let me, in closing, share with you also this another challenging story. Uh, the life of Mr. David Brennett. Uh, uh, he was a kind of 18th century missionary. But he was also a very uh, dynamic person. It was said that he was the first American missionary to carry the gospel message to the native Americans in New Jersey, New York, and the eastern part of Pennsylvania in America in their own language. And as a result, his biography has uh, kind of mentioned that he had become a source of inspiration, encouragement to many Christians. In fact, uh, Mr. David Brennett have this prayer to God himself. Here I am, Lord, send me to the ends of the earth. Send me to the rough, the savage pagans of the wilderness. Send me to all that is called comfort on earth. Send me even to death cells. It will be but in thy service, and to promote the kingdom of God. You see, he was willing to allow God to send him everywhere, even to his death. Although his missionary uh, work may not long, he say he served four years until his death in 1747. But as the story writes, Nothing could stop him from obeying the call of God at place on his heart while he was only a missionary for four years. But the impact he made was of eternal value. Beloved, listen to this. The impact he made was of eternal value. Uh, it was through his prayers and persistence in seeking after God to enable him to fulfill the call of God. And it was said that through his ministry encouragement, people like William Carey or James E. Gilead was among those uh, who heard him and encouraged by him. Then somehow somebody shared this uh, thought that uh, David Brennett has written in the journal. Uh, let me read to you slowly. This is how he wrote. I withdrew to my usual place of retirement in great tranquility. I knew only to breathe out my desires for perfect conformity to Him, to God, in all things. And God was so precious that the world with all its enjoyment 
see infinitely vile. I have no more desire for the favor of man than pebbles. At noon, I was ardent longings after God, which I ever felt in my life. Then in my secret retirement, I could do nothing but tell my dear Lord in a sweet calmness that he knew I desired nothing but him, nothing but holiness, that he given me the desires that he only could give the desires. I never seemed to be unhinged for myself to be so wholly devoted to God. In the conclusion line, he said, My heart was swallowed up in God's most the day. My heart was swallowed up in God's most of the day. In other words, he was so into God and for God. You see how David, as a missionary, his life had been with God. And I believe he had made God his portion of life. Like many uh, early fathers of the faith as recorded in Hebrew 11. And here, no surprise to learn from the Psalmist that God remained the portion of his life. So I ask you this morning, is God your strength and portion of your life? Or something else. Remember, for God is everlasting God. He is eternal. He is forever and ever. There is no end to Him. And also we know that one day when we leave this world, we got to leave everything behind. But you can only have God as a portion for you. So let me kind of remind you and to say that don't let this opportunity of having God be the portion of life miss out. And so for point of reflection, if you are seeking God today, this is the opportunity and for you to invite God into your life so that he becomes your strength and also the portion of a light. I think this is important in a sense, really, because nothing we can bring along except God himself through eternity. So I kind of uh, give you this opportunity this morning in this uh, moment of prayer that you are open to this invitation of having God in your life. I would like to kind of pray along with you and guide you. So I have a prayer in mind to share with you and to invite you to pray uh, after me to help you to have God be the portion of your life. If you are willing and uh, prepared to do so, may I ask you to bow in prayer and listen to this prayer 
and you will just follow it in your own way. Okay, let us pray. Oh God, I thank you for your word. I know my flesh and heart will fail, but not you. I want to accept the gift of life you offer. I want to open my heart to Jesus Christ today. Who has come to die for my sin and through him I can have eternal life. So I pray for your forgiveness and I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Please help me to grow at the same time be a disciples of Jesus. And I thank you that I can pray this in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Well, beloved or friends, uh, after service, we will be glad to pray with you and for you, uh, so to keep in touch with you also. So do feel free to drop a note to us, uh, wherever you are at this moment. Okay? Alright, now let us uh, close in prayer. Let us pray. God our Father, we want to thank you for the word that shared, and we believe that you have bring forth the meaning to us too. And so it is our prayer for all of us who are here to listen to this meditation. They are in tune with the challenge given and with the leading of the Holy Spirit in their lives uh, to make a response to you accordingly. So we want to thank you that you have reminded us that even though our flesh and our heart may fail, but you never, but your strength and you can be the portion of our lives altogether. So we thank you for this moment of worship. I ask that you keep your word to us and that we will continue to grow in you. We pray all this in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen.